Bible reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Commanded you. For surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, friends, last week, Mark encouraged us to love where you're at, to take stock, to not race ahead, and to know that God has placed you exactly where you are in this current season, and that we can be filled with his love, that we can know God's love, and that we can share God's love with those around us. And it's been a difficult season, hasn't it? There's been so much change, this ridiculous, crazy amount of change since 2020 in particular, and it hasn't been easy. Sometimes it's hard to love where you're at. Sometimes, as Mark suggested, we can only love, comma, where you're at, because where we're at is difficult. Well, we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at life on the front line, making a difference wherever you're at. And we saw in the video how uh, uh, there was the example of Anne and all the different parts of her life, where God has placed her, uh, and just how many different places we are and where God can use us. So over the following weeks, we're going to consider God's call on our life, how he has commissioned us, what uh, community he's placed us in, and his concern for others to know him and our commitment to serving him. So I hope that you're encouraged that God has particularly gifted you uh, to be part of the kingdom of God, to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, each with a call and a significant part to play in sharing Jesus in the world. Well, I wonder if you can remember back to what you wanted to be when you were small. When I was little, I really wanted to be an actress. Uh, it might not come as a surprise to you, but I was a very overly dramatic child, uh, and still slightly overly dramatic, but as I got older, I worked out that maybe this was not the ideal job for me. Um, and so my first job ended up being at a kid's indoor playground. Was not overly dramatic, but it was quite fun. So I like, you know, I embraced the fun side of that. Um, and I got really good, here's my niche skill in life, I got really good at cutting kids' birthday cakes. You know, it's not on my resume, but it could be. I'm quite good at that. Um, 
but it did have some downsides. I was the youngest on staff and, and pretty much the smallest on staff. And so sometimes I got the bad job and the, the parents in the room will note this. Sometimes that meant that I got to crawl into the very tiny playground and clean up the mess that sometimes a child left behind. I'll just let you imagine what that might be. But even though that happened, um, I loved that job. It was really fun because I got to cut up fun birthday cakes. And, you know, the kids were pretty cute most of the time. But in my mind, my part-time job was just a thing that I did with my spare time to earn money. And it was completely separate to how I served God in the world. Because at the same time that I was doing that job, I was also helping serve at the kids' church at my church. And so although both of those things had to do with children, I didn't really connect that I could honour God, not just at kids' church, but also in my part-time job at a kids' indoor playground. Well, today, as we start our Life on the Frontline series, we're going to explore this idea of call, that no matter where you spend your time, whether it's at a kids' indoor playground or working from home or studying at school or uni, raising kids or grandkids, whatever you do during the week, maybe you do a whole mix of things, it's probably most of us, God has a call for you. And this idea of call, we find all the way through the Bible. And particularly in our Bible reading today, Jesus meets with his disciples in person for the last time. Now these disciples, they've been following Jesus for three years and they've sort of been transformed from this sort of ragtag, confused, disorganized bunch of people to this confident group of disciples. They're ready to change the world. This isn't a group of trained priests from the temple. Rather, they've been trained and equipped by Jesus. And as we see, the difference isn't them per se. It's because of the work of Jesus in their life. They're called and ready to go. And Jesus says to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. This group of disciples are called and released to share the good news of Jesus because they have been given Jesus' authority. It's not their own confidence or competence. They're called to go, to make disciples, to baptise and to teach everything that they have been taught. And Jesus assures them that he will be with them always to the very end of the age. What a glorious assurance. It's not just sort of a, yep, I've given you all you need, now off you go, you're on your own now. No, Jesus is like, I'm here with you. He's alluding to the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now this whole command here from Jesus is radically changed the way the good news about him was shared in the world. This group of disciples initially would have started just with sharing in their little local community, probably just with their local um, the people that they knew around them, those they came into contact with regularly. And yet here, the call is to go to everyone, the known world. And even for them, the known world wasn't the whole world. They didn't know about the whole world yet. Uh, for us, we know about the whole world, so it's even a bigger 
commission for us. But for us, it also means with our next door neighbours, our workmates, our family who live close by or far away, the people we see at the gym or the library or the cafe each week. And for some of us, it will be a call to go on overseas mission. And Oak Tree, as so many of you know, has a long history of sending missionaries overseas to share the good news of Jesus. I think one of the amazing things about being in Melbourne is that the world is right here on our doorstep. We don't actually have to go that far to find someone who hasn't heard of Jesus that we can share that good news with. This is the call to share the good news of Jesus. And we have the authority to do so, not because we're special or important, but because Jesus has given it to us. Now, the census data came out this week. I always find census data really interesting. And then I think, Karen, you're a massive nerd. Those two thoughts go in rapid progression one after the other. But the census data came out, and if you've read it, you might think, gee, it's a little bit discouraging. There's less people now identifying as Christian. But it's actually probably not new information for us. Uh, But what is encouraging, I find, is that another um, group in Australia, McCrindle, have done research quite recently. In fact, it was over the... And they did a series of um, uh, studies during lockdown um, about people and their interest in spirituality and faith. And they've actually found that more people are interested in spirituality and faith than in the past. Uh, They don't call it organised religion or they might not identify as Christianity, but they're interested in spirituality and faith. And this is a great... Um, it's actually a change in Australian culture and I find it really interesting so now is a great time to engage in conversation with people about what does faith mean to you what are you interested in spirituality so rather than starting with are you a Christian maybe start with what does it mean for you to have faith it's just an interesting comparison between the census and other research that's been done in our community Well, Jesus commands his disciples to baptise and to teach people. Whilst it might might seem like these are the official things that a minister does, and Mark and I do do these things, uh, what Jesus is asking his followers here is to help people do two things. The first is to learn enough about Jesus to say, yep, I want to put my faith in Jesus justification for people to come to know enough about Jesus that they say yep I'm in I believe and usually that's marked by baptism which is why that's mentioned here and the second thing is to keep working at their knowledge and their love of Jesus their sanctification we want to keep growing in our knowledge and love of God These are things that we can all do, not just the official minister who stands at the front of the church. We can all do them because we're all called to share Jesus with those around us. We're all called to be part of this great commission that we read in Matthew 28. And we're confident of this, not because we are all, um, you know, talented or have all the skills, but because we have the authority of Jesus with us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, giving us what we need. 
Now, it feels like that's it. That's sort of the command. We're good to go, right? But, there's a but. The world is a complex place. Our lives aren't always that easy, are they? And even in these short five verses, we see that some doubted Jesus. Even as others worshipped Jesus, some doubted. Doubt is real in the world. It was real all the way back then with the disciples. We can have all the best intentions, all the right knowledge, and still find it hard to put this into practice because life is complex. If anything we've learned over the last couple of years, life is complex. We've learned so much about COVID life and disruptions and change in the last couple of years. Maybe uh, since 2020, your front line has changed multiple times. Maybe you've gone from working in an office to working at home to working back in the office again. Maybe you've uh, stopped working to have kids. Maybe you've gone back to work. Uh, school and uni have been online and back in person. Uh, there's been some great innovation in the last couple of years, but it's not without its challenge either. And in all that change, it causes uncertainty as we navigate our place in the world. And that's sometimes why it's hard to know where has God placed me? Where has God placed you? And so it's important to ask the question because it could be that the answer has changed multiple times over the last couple of years, even just this year. And so it can be uh, tiring. And sometimes if we try and do this in our own strength, we get a bit exhausted, don't we? We don't deny that challenge exists in our lives or in our ability to share our faith in Jesus with those around us. These are real challenges but we can hold them second to knowing that Jesus has given us his authority and his spirit. He's also made us each uniquely in his image and he's placed each of us exactly where he wants us to be. He's also gifted us. He's given us skills and passions. So a friend of mine is a high school vice principal She's in Melbourne, and she's been a vice principal for about four or five years now. I think she's excellent at it. I'm glad it's her. And at her school, it's almost taboo to be a Christian. Now, she happened to know someone on staff before she started in her job, and they gave her a heads up not to mention that she was a Christian because it would just make her job in leadership so much harder. So uh, I have amazing admiration for my friend. I think she's just doing a wonderful job. And I think God has positioned her exactly in the right job at the right time for what she's doing. She has such passion for her job and such passion for being a Christian in, a, in the state school system. Uh, she has all the skills and abilities to do this and to love people as Jesus does in a very anti-Christian workplace. And so slowly, slowly, slowly over time, 
uh, people have opened up to her because she just shows such love to them. Um, and as she does that, uh, sometimes they've uh, asked her a little bit about her life and how it is that she's able to just keep loving. And every so often she's able to share a little bit about her faith. But she chooses when and where to do that um, because of the situation that she's in. She is exactly where God wants her to be. And he is using her skills, talents and gifts, not only to be an excellent vice principal, but also to be an excellent witness for him in the world. We often joke that our lives are so different, incredibly different, but God is using both of us for his glory in the world. It can sometimes be a bit daunting to look at someone else and assume God's using them more than he's using me. But that's just not how God works. Just like God uses both me and my friend, who's a high school vice principal, God uses all of us, no matter who you are, no matter what situation you're placed in, God has called you to share your faith in the world. doesn't matter what your situation is. Even in situations where you're not actually able to talk about Jesus, you're able to still show your love, God's love, where you are. And God will be able to use you in a place that he can't necessarily use me and vice versa. And I think that's a wonderful thing about being part of the kingdom of God. You can do things I can't do. And as we begin this series, we're going to actually take a moment to consider what our front line might be and who is there. For you, it might be across a few different places, just like we saw in the video before. So I'd like to ask this question. Where is the place that you spend a significant amount of time with people who don't know Jesus? You might have a number of places, uh, and you actually might not like to note this on your phone. This is a question we're going to ask all the way through. Uh, you might know this already. This might be something that you've already thought about and are doing lots of things about. We assume that lots of you do this already. Where is the place where you spend a significant amount of time with people who don't know Jesus? These are people that you interact with and they are so special. They're made in the image of God and they too deserve to hear the good news of Jesus, to know that they are loved unconditionally. So we're actually going to take a moment to pray uh, for these people. Uh, so how about we just take a moment? I'd love to give you a moment to think about um, who it is that God has placed around you um, and, yeah, to to think about it, to consider who you interacting with um, and I'll wrap us up in a prayer in just a moment. And if you'd like to make a note on your phone, you're welcome to do that too.
Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you have called each and every one of us, that we are loved unconditionally, we are made in your image, and that you have gifted us uh, with your authority, that you are with us always, and that you have placed each of us uh, specifically, that you have put people in our lives that we can share the gospel with. Uh, We just uh, think of those people now. We know that they're special to you as well, that they are loved by you. And Lord God, we, we long for them to know you as well. So Lord God, we pray that you will be uh, giving us your heart for them. Help us. Help us when we feel uh, worried or afraid about uh, what it might be like to share your love with those people. And give us your wisdom as we think about how to best do that. And Lord, we pray that uh, the people that are, we're thinking of now will come to know you. We pray that your, uh, your Holy Spirit will be working in them, uh, that to be transforming them, changing their lives so that they too may come to know you. Lord God, we thank you that you use us in this way. We thank you that you've called us uh, to be witnesses for you in the world. Uh, we thank you for this great commission Uh, to share your gospel in the world, to be part of your work, your kingdom and your family. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.